Thank you, choir. Thank you, musicians. We're so grateful for all of you that are here today and joining us and for all of our friends that are joining us for the first time today. We're so grateful you're here today and we hope you'll know we're, we're here for you. We're praying for you. And if there's anything we can do to help you on your journey of following the Lord, please let us know. This morning, I want to read to you a passage that I think is one of those familiar verses in the Bible, but I think requires just a little bit of digging to uh, kind of break out some of those misconceptions uh, maybe that have come from that verse because it is often quoted and sometimes even quoted in a uh, judgmental sense. But we're going to look at it in a little bit of a different light today, and that is in Galatians chapter 6. How many of you are farmers that are here today? Anybody here a farmer? Good at growing? Well, I know Ben Harris, he's good at it. He does a little bit of that. He's great at that. Uh, but I, I want to try this again. How many of us are farmers here today? Well, I think according to the Bible, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or even an unbeliever. The Bible calls us all farmers. Did you know that? I'm going to show you what I mean in a minute. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. You know, that's one of those verses. You have to read that, and you got to come back and read it again and think, Oh, Lord, do I think I'm something? i got to come back and meditate over that. All must test their own work, and then that work, I like how Paul says, and then that work, rather than their neighbor's work. It seems that the church in Galatians was dealing with a problem with people looking at their neighbor's work, but not concerned about their own work, as often is the case even today. Rather than their neighbor's work will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads, and those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for the family of faith. As we see here today, the Bible says that we are farmers, so to speak. And the Bible doesn't just say that you can be farming something good, but you can also be farming something bad, the Bible says. For you reap whatever you sow. Reaping and sowing is not a work that is just confined to the spiritual life, but it is also confined to an unspiritual life that leads in the path that is opposite towards the spirit, but is leading, as, as Paul says, you reap corruption from the flesh. The Christian life, the Christian life, and this is important here today, because a lot of times when we talk about sowing and reaping, uh, we tend to think of ministries and church leaders and pastors and ministers, but that's not who Paul is really talking to here, although they were included with it. Paul is talking to all the believers. You reap whatever you sow. The ministry of sowing and reaping is part of the Christian life. 
the Christian life. All of us here today, we sow and reap. We sow and reap. We sow and reap. Every day of our life, you sow and reap. Did you know that? Every day of your life. When you wake up in the morning, depending on how we start our day, determines what kind of day we're going to reap because of how we've sowed into it. Are we going to sow, as Paul says, into the spirit? Or are we going to sow into the flesh? And depending on where we sow is according to what we shall reap. And sowing and reaping are, of course, uh, New Testament themes that meant a lot in an agricultural society. And, but they are certainly themes that are not lost on us today, as we also understand a lot about sowing and reaping. As I have often talked about, my woes with sowing and reaping. I'm not very good at it. When I tried it, it didn't work out so well. I reaped something that probably was a result of the, uh, the effort of knowledge that I put into it. But all of us here today, we have been entrusted with the ministry of sowing and reaping. And spiritually speaking, as Christians, it is an important thing to think about in the life of the believer. Sowing and reaping. You know, the thing about sowing and reaping that is, I th think can get lost on us sometimes is that it is not something that is evident really even when you are sowing or when you are reaping. Sometimes it is hard to see the work of sowing and reaping in action. Because it is a spiritual act, it is hard to take something that is spiritual and to behold it with our eyes. So therefore, we sometimes can lose sight of what Paul is addressing here to the church of Galatia because of that fact, that it's not always something that you see. While there may be times where we are doing some sowing and we see the physical results of reaping, oftentimes, and what Paul is really getting here to is that when you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. And it's reaping eternal life from the Spirit is not so much seen as it is experienced. And an experience is hard to uh, maybe even talk about or describe, especially one that comes from the Spirit. So, sowing and reaping. A few things about the principle of sowing and reaping. What I want to talk to you about this morning. The principle of sowing and reaping. And I hope we'll all remember this today. This is one of those things that I have had to wrestle with over the past few months. And not wrestle with like I disagree. Wrestle with it in the sense of, Lord, I really want this to get deep down in me. I don't want it to be something that I contrive and I try to do on my own works or my own grace. I really want the Spirit to help me to sow into the Spirit. Really let it get deep down inside of me that I can grasp it within with deep roots. And so a few things about sowing and reaping. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for you reap whatever you sow. You reap whatever you sow. He also goes on to say that we're going to talk about this verse in a couple ways later on. That let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time. In sowing, there is the process which most of us absolutely hate, and that is the time of waiting. But there is an appointed time that's called harvest time. And farmers know that if you reap prematurely, you're going to have a crop that is premature, that is not fully what it could be. The potential of it may not even be fit to eat because it was reaped prematurely. And sowing and re reaping requires waiting, requires waiting. 
It's the process of going about the Christian life and being faithful in what we know to do as the Bible instructs us and understanding that I may not see the results right away. I may not see what happens from my sowing right away, but the Bible is true and even goes on to say, God is not mocked. In other words, God is just. God knows what he's doing. That we reap what we sow. And sowing and reaping requires waiting. Sowing and reaping requires waiting. And here's a little bit something else to make this even more challenging for us all in the Christian life. Isn't that wonderful? Sowing and reaping requires waiting. And sometimes it requires waiting past our even own eyes seeing the fruition of it. The spiritual life, investing in one's spiritual life, you might see the results a lot faster. But when we're working in the kingdom and we're sowing, sometimes sowing in the kingdom, doing work for the kingdom, those results may not be reaped for years to come. And we know this to be true according to really what Paul tells the church in Corinth. Paul planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. One came along, sowed the seed. Another came along, had another role in it, but eventually some, God gave the increase. Sowing and reaping requires waiting, which in turn requires faith knowing that if I will sow, God will bring about a harvest at some appointed time. And sowing and reaping means that I have to be okay with the fact that if I'm going to do the work of the Lord and I'm going to do what God has called me to do, I have to get to the place where I'm okay with saying, but Lord, the results and the harvest is left up to you. If God has called me to go and labor for him in some place and work years and years and years there, but I never with my own eyes see what I thought in my heart I was going to see, does that mean that work was null and void? Absolutely not. Not according to the Bible. The Bible says even more so. That person, they sowed, they kept going, they did not grow weary in doing what is ripe, and there is going to be a harvest from those efforts. The thing that is really a difficult about sowing and reaping that requires waiting, which in turn requires more faith, is that oftentimes the measure of the reaping is eternal more than it is earthly. Oftentimes when you are doing the work of sowing for the kingdom of God, you are sowing into what the Bible says is invisible. You can't see it. But one day, our work will fully be laid out before us as we stand before the Lord Jesus. And we will see all that we sowed into, maybe unknowingly, because we were just being faithful to the work. And then, that is truly when we will have a sense of what God was calling us to be sowing in. And we will understand, even in those days, that is truly the ultimate thing to be reaping, is a reward before the Father for all of eternity. There's a lot of things I could reap on earth that would give me some satisfaction. But listen, in the Christian life, there is no thing that will ever compare to the glory, to the majesty of reaping a harvest before the Lord and understanding the reward of sowing faithfully for him on the earth that amounts to heavenly treasures. That is going to be an, a glorious day. And a lot of times when we get into this work of sowing and reaping, we want to see something now. Give it to me next harvest. Give it to me next year. But listen, if that was really the measure of the Christian life reward, is it, would it be really worth it? 
If God is going to say, well, that's your earthly reward, there it is before you. But isn't there something in more glorious about a heavenly reward? Knowing that one day it is going to amount to what Jesus says is treasures stored up for you and I forevermore. It's sowing and reaping that requires waiting. And that might just mean waiting until we're before the Lord forevermore. I know that's hard to digest. That's hard because we are in a culture that demands instant results. We've, we're in a culture now that says, uh, let me plant crops. And we're trying to go into science factories and all these places and get seeds that will grow trees that are 10 feet tall next year. It's happening all around us. But in the ministry and the work of the kingdom of God. It's often those years of sowing that nobody ever sees. It's tilling the ground that sometimes takes the longest work, and but it is still nonetheless sowing for the kingdom of God. Requires waiting. The Bible also goes on to say here is that you, he says in verse 7, this, uh, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. For you reap whatever you sow. Sowing and reaping requires waiting. And we also, the next thing is, we reap the kind of which we sow. We reap the kind of which we sow. That's, that, makes, that makes sense, right? That's common sense, right? If I want tomatoes and I take tomato seeds and I put them in the ground and I do all that I'm supposed to do as a farmer and all of the work that goes into it, watering it, taking care of it, all of the things that are necessary, it is to be expected that will come tomatoes from there. Now, wouldn't it be something if you went and planted a tomato seed and you came back next harvest time and all of a sudden it was a banana tree? It would be shocking, right? It would be very shocking because it just doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't happen that way. And that's what Paul is saying. You reap whatever you sow, whatever you sow. And that means if you're sowing to the flesh, guess what you're going to reap? You're going to reap from the flesh, which is corruption. But if you are reaping to the Spirit, which is life, guess what you're going to reap? Eternal life from the Spirit. We reap the kind of which we sow. I have come to use this phrase lately, or heard this phrase that I've wanted to just kind of get down deep inside of me. And it's this idea. Feed the Spirit, starve the flesh. Feed the Spirit, and you will see the Spirit's work magnified in your life. Starve the flesh, you won't see the flesh work working in your life. And that's really the principle of what Paul is te teaching here. We reap the kind of what you sow. We reap whatever we sow. If we're feeding into the things of the Spirit, if we're taking time, this is why when we have a month of prayer and fasting, it may seem like, oh, we're just having another month of praying and fasting. But what we're doing as a church is we are sowing into the spirit. We're giving things into the spirit. We may not see them right now, but we are sowing into the work of the spirit that one day we will know and we will see from as we have sowed into the spirit, we're going to reap eternal life from the spirit. Opposed to the other way that we could be sowing into the flesh. And guess what we're going to get? Nothing but corruption. And no one wants to come to harvest time and find a dead plant. No one does. We want to reap the kind of which we sow, which means feeding the spirit. This is why it is so important that a Christian, that a believer in the Lord Jesus develops a life that is abiding in Christ, that is resting in him, that is spending time resting in his presence, feeding on his word, feeding in prayer, feeding on worship, feeding from the things of the spirit, seeking his face, asking him, because what you are doing is you are sowing to 
the Spirit. You're giving life to the Spirit. You're feeding the Spirit. And so what you're going to get at harvest time is nothing but life. Nothing but life. I don't want to be a part of the ministry of death. I want to be a part of the ministry of life. And that's what God has for us. The Bible also says, in accordance with this thought, we reap the kind of which we sow. He says in verse 3, For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work rather than their neighbor's work, which would become a cause for pride. And then Paul goes into this whole discussion about you reap whatever you sow. Now, I know a lot of times we read this statement and we use it in a way oftentimes, and perhaps maybe I've done it over the years, I can't recall, but we use it in a judgmental sense of looking at another person or another believer and seeing something they're doing and we stand back in disapproval. Well, they reap what they sow. That's just they reap what they sow. Well, that's true. That is true. But it's not our place, the Bible says, to do that. The Bible says our place is to test our own work. To look at our own work and say, if I'm sowing into the work of the Spirit in my life, am I reaping from that or am I sowing to the flesh? It's not a matter of us to look at our neighbor's work, which the Bible says can become a cause of pride, which happens exactly right to all of us when we do that. It's I'm better than them. They're going to reap what they sow. I'm looking down at them. But that's not what the Bible instructs. We can't test our neighbor's work. You and I, when we stand before the Lord Jesus, we're not going to say, hey, Lord, look at John. You saw his life. All the things he did, I saw it. He's been reaping. Nope, look at him. No, that's not going to be the case. You know what the Lord is going to say? What about, what about you? What about the work in your own life, in our own heart? And this isn't a sense of belittling anyone. This isn't a sense of judging anyone. This isn't the sense of, as believers, as the church of Jesus Christ, our world would be a lot better off if we all just tested our own work. If we just got responsible for the work that God was doing in our heart right now in this day. We feed the spirit, starve the flesh. And starving the flesh means don't worry about your neighbor's work. Worry about your own work. Feed the spirit. Give in to that. And guess what you're going to reap? Life from the spirit. We reap the kind of which we sow. Thirdly, we see this throughout the Bible as you talk about sowing and reaping. Is that Paul goes on to say, right, these basic words that if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. We know this, right? You're reaping, you're going to get back from that. But how many of us know that when we sow to the Spirit, when we're giving to the, when we're investing in the life of the Spirit and reaping eternal life from the Spirit, that is abundantly more than what we have ever sowed into the Spirit. Sowing into the Spirit does not mean that I earn anything from the Lord. That's not what this is what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying that as a believer, what you are doing is you're learning to live by grace, trusting in the Lord, relying on Him, denying the work of the flesh, walking in the Spirit. And so in turn, what happens is, is the work of grace. If you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. That is not something that you and I could ever earn on our own. It's freely given to us. Freely given to us. So we learn the principle through the Bible about sowing and reaping is that we reap proportionately to what we, we, we reap a more proportionately, I should say, to what we sow. 2 Corinthians 9, chapter 6 says it this way. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Jesus also goes on to take this thought, and Paul takes it and teaches it in Matthew chapter 19, that if you reap into the Spirit, 
that if you sow into the spirit, you may reap. You take that little seed, you may reap 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. What was a little seed became abundantly more than what we ever put into it. And so this teaches us here is that reaping and sowing is not about what I'm based upon what I have necessarily put in it. It's based upon the fact that it is the Lord who gives the increase. Reaping for the kingdom is determined by the Lord. Reaping in God and in getting the harvest that we are going to get is not determined by you and I. It's determined by the Lord. That's what Paul said, right? Paul, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. When the people, when Jesus was teaching those parables, all they had was one little thing, but yet they reaped 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, more than they had originally put in. We know that as we sow into the Spirit, as we sow into what the work of the Lord, is that we reap abundantly more proportionately to what we sowed, sowed and it's based upon the Lord's affirmation on that work. Isn't that just kind of relief to know? Is that God has called us to sow and that as we sow and as we invest into the kingdom of God and we do all that God has called us to do for the Lord is that he promises an abundance of harvest that comes from the spirit. Even Jesus took a widow who only had two mites or two, two coins, so to speak, and dropped them in the offering. But to her, it was all that she had. But yet even Jesus recognized she has sowed generously what might appear like nothing, but she has sowed generously. And so therefore, she's going to reap even more so generously. Reaping for the kingdom is determined by the Lord. And we understand that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And this is the way the Christian life is. This is why James says, if you draw close to the Lord, guess what he does? He draws close to you. If you take a step closer to the Lord, he takes a step closer to you. It's reaping and sowing and the work of the Lord. It's almost like a dance. It's like learning to get into the swing of it and knowing that God is going to return as you keep sowing into the work of the Lord. Now, sometimes I understand that sowing and reaping and that thought can get caught up in giving. And yes, sowing and reaping is also a part of giving and the Christian life of giving. But really what Paul is calling them down to here is the life as a believer and their work for the Lord, taking one's life and sowing it for the work of the Lord. Not just saying, uh, I think I saw a quote recently from A.W. Tozer, and he said, a lot of times Christians come to the Lord and say, here, Lord, here is what I have to offer. But what God is really looking for is to say, but do you have yourself to offer? And that's the work of the kingdom of God, is that we would give ourselves to the work of the Lord, that we would surrender ourselves to say, Lord, I will go, I will do, I will say whatever you call me to do. And therefore, because you've sowed into the spirit, guess what? You're going to reap at harvest time. As the musicians come, I want to leave you with this last thought that we see here in Galatians chapter 6. This verse that I just want to encourage you with today. Galatians 6 and 9. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. You know, you have to think, Paul was writing to the church at Galatia, 
and he was writing in a world where persecution was becoming increasingly rampant to the believers. And there were some believers who perhaps grew weary in that process. They had to run for their lives and hide. And we know that things got really heated because we see later on the, the letter of Revelation, John starts talking about Rome and starts talking about how they have the blood of the martyrs and all the people that they've slain for the work of, that we're doing, the work of the Lord and giving themselves to the Lord. And in that culture of persecution, Paul knew there are people who are doing what is right, but it comes sometimes gets scary. And so he was trying to encourage them, just keep going. Just keep sowing. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. And I've, I've said this before, and I just truly believe it. The principle of sowing and reaping is not for the faint of heart in the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's extremely difficult, but yet God knows. And the Bible promises us, not just here in Galatians, but throughout the New Testament, that if we will not grow weary in doing what is right, it's not a saying of, of if, it's a saying of promise. For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. The thing that matters in the life of the believer is will they endure to the end? Will they hang in there and keep pressing on? That's what Jesus said. He that endures to the end shall be saved. And the life of the Christian is about keep going, keep pressing on, keep going. Not going backwards. If you're not going forward, you're going backwards. But to keep going, to keep pressing on, to keep sowing, keep doing what you know to do and be faithful in it all the while. Even while you may not be reaping what you expected to be reaping, there will come a day, the Bible says, that God promises us, all of us here today, just in a word of encouragement, God promises a harvest. God promises all the years that you've given to the Lord Jesus, all the years of investing in the kingdom of God, giving yourself to serve the Lord faithfully. God promises, God promises over and over again, you will reap at harvest time. And there is a day that comes where there will be a harvest. And can I just encourage you today, my friend who is watching today online, you've been serving in ministry for many years, serving the Lord faithfully. Can I just tell you today, you will reap. It's a promise to you that you will reap a harvest. God says it. God promises it. It may not be what you expected right now. It may be very difficult right now. But the Bible says, do not give up. Oh, if the early believers could say and hold on to this promise in the midst of a world that was persecuting Christians and burning them at the stake and tossing their lives like they were just pieces of flesh all around and yet they were enduring for the work of God, I can guarantee you today they will reap and they are reaping a harvest for what they have sowed into the kingdom of God. And you and I, my friends today, oh, the tides of our world will come and go. Culture will go up and down. It will put pressure here and there. But the thing that God calls us to do, all of us here, is to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Paul says, for you know, as much as I know, that your labor is not in vain. It's not in vain. It's not, it's not for nothing. You can't serve the Lord and it be for nothing. That's not the way God works. The Bible says actually the opposite. God is not mocked. You can't serve the Lord faithfully for years and years and it'd be for nothing. No, God is not mocked. 
you reap what you sow. And it's a wonderful promise. And yes, it can be a, it can be a terrible promise on the other side of that. For judgment, for all of us. Yes, if we're sowing to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. But really what Paul is trying to do to the church at Galatia is to redirect their attention and say, but keep doing what you're doing. Serve the Lord faithfully. Keep trusting Him day by day, following Him, loving people. And he goes on to say, as he says that, if we'll reap a harvest, he says, so then whenever we have an opportunity, with that in mind, let us work for the good of all. Why? Because you reap what you sow. And especially for those of the family of faith. That's the person sitting to your right and to the left of you this morning. And God says, as you do good to them, you're going to reap what you sow. God promises that. There's a harvest for you. Will you stand with me this morning? How many of us you want to have the prayer today? I'm praying it with you this morning. Lord, help me to feed the spirit, starve the flesh. Help me to sow into the spirit. Oh, Lord, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you this morning. Thank you for my wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ here this morning, Lord. They're the family of faith. Thank you for them today, Lord. And Lord, I know today I'm amidst some champions in the faith, Lord, who have served you for years and years, Lord, and may have never reaped what they have sowed. Lord, today, may you just send the wonderful reminder to them today that you promise harvest. You promise a day where they will reap if they don't give up. So, Lord, this morning we pray a fresh endurance today, Lord. Help us to keep going, Lord, to keep trusting you. For the rest of us, Lord, day by day, Lord, we're sowing seeds and not knowing it. But help us to start directing our attention to how we're sowing into the Spirit so that we may reap eternal life from the Spirit. Oh God, help us today. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Lord Jesus. Lord, use us, God, in these last days, Lord, to be intentional about how we're sowing, Lord, to not waste an opportunity, to not waste even one seed, Lord, but to use it all strategically for the glory of God, to make the most of every opportunity, Lord. Help us, Father. And God, we thank you today, Lord Jesus. We give you the glory and the honor. This morning, you need prayer today. You're struggling with endurance in the faith. There's something going on in your life. Feel free to come forward this morning as the choir comes. We want to pray for you today. God's going to cover you this morning. Don't you give up. Don't you throw in the towel. God is with you. Lord, we thank you today, Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. Lord, help us today. So to the Spirit, Lord. Give us grace to sow to the Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lord. Glory to God, Lord. Thank you, Father. Help us, Lord, today to lay up treasures in heaven, Lord, where moth and rust do not corrupt, Lord, as we're sowing into the Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come today, Jesus. We need you this morning, Lord. Thank you for your love for us, Father. 
thank you for your love that covers a multitude of sins Lord thank you Lord Jesus that you died on a cross for us thank you Lord Jesus we love you Lord Jesus we bless you today Lord oh God we thank you this morning Lord help us Jesus today Lord to live the life you've called us to live Lord help us to faithfully pursue you Jesus Can you ask the Lord today, Lord, help me to sow to the Spirit, Lord. God, guide me how I should be a part of the kingdom of God, sowing into what you've called me to do, Lord. Help me, Lord, to not waste a moment, Lord, to make the most of every opportunity today. Let's give ourselves to the Lord as the choir sings. How I trust in. 